Stop trusting more in your failures as a sign of defeat than you trust in Jesus' success as a sign of your guaranteed victory. You see, Jesus gives us eternal life. The reason it's eternal is because it's indestructible. Thanks for joining us on Life Journeys, a podcast about thriving through the worst pain that life brings. With global initiatives threatening big changes to our way of life, we're going to need to activate Jesus' words about mountain-moving faith. Words That Work is the ongoing series on life journeys that is rooted in releasing revelational words of faith that will work every time and with everyone. It's about moving the mountains that keep us from the presence and goodness of God. It's about defining our life purpose and identity through encountering Him. Until we have the power to move the obstacles that are destroying our liberty and hope, Pastor Hardika is up next right after this. Author and pastor Terry Hardika's life has been full of struggles. He and his family have faced health and financial difficulties and have persevered in the face of terrible obstacles. However, surrounded by the fortress of God's love, he has overcome his setbacks and now teaches others that the power of the Lord can transform even the most tremendous of hardships to produce courage, faith, and character. Find his book, The Fortress and the Firebrand on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Stop trusting more in your failures as a sign of defeat than you trust in Jesus' success as a sign of your guaranteed victory. Let me say it again. Stop trusting more in your failures as a sign of defeat than you trust in Jesus' success as a sign of your guaranteed victory. You see, Jesus gives us eternal life. The reason it's eternal is because it's indestructible. And that life is available to you now. Esteem problems, depression, anger, fear, lack of purpose and well-being. It's all replaced by what your life is destined by God to be. Indestructibly eternal. Not existence, but life. You see, you're a created being. Yet... You accept this God-given identity as your very own. It's you. So, when you're given the new eternal life of Christ, why not accept that as your very identity and value as well? I want to share some basic things with you from the Word of God, just very briefly, so that I can lay a biblical foundation for what the Holy Spirit spoke to me about our glorious identity about who we really are in Jesus Christ. We're all going to face that identity crisis many, many times whenever we're challenged, whether it be on the job, in relationships, in our personal failures, in what's happening in America when everything seems to be getting turned upside down. The thing that you will hurry back to 
reach out for with all your might is, who really are you? And what are you basing that identity on? Jesus said in Mark 11, Have faith in God. He said that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatever he says. Therefore, I'm telling you, what things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Now, there's quite a space between hearing these words, agreeing with them, and coming to that kind of faith. Then there's another space between believing and actually speaking to that mountain. One of the biggest mountains we face, and it really is healthy if we come in touch with it, is the mountain that is keeping us from our true identity. Who really are we? When you are really at peace with that, I mean with the kind of a peace that can face the prospect of hell itself. You've got the power of heaven on your side. Jesus could have been said to be frustrated with the defilement of the temple. That's where he was going, you see, to check the temple out when he came across this fig tree with no fruit on it. He was frustrated with it. As for me, I'm very frustrated with my growing weakness. In a sense, I am. I can't seem to do the simplest projects without great effort, followed by muscle soreness and more lasting fatigue. Now, I could think that this was because I didn't have enough faith to move this mountain of chronic fatigue syndrome, and perhaps it's so. But what I find today is that the daily seeking the Lord, now for three years for myself and not for ministry, has left me still with weakness. But my faith is soaring. How then am I still diseased? Well, my faith is in my growing relationship with the glory of God with his presence, his peace, and hope for heaven. That's the state of my faith. It has grown in accomplishing the greatest fruits of faith, which are God's glorious presence and peace. I'm not despairing. I'm crushed at times, but not destroyed, as Paul would say. A friend of mine, K.K. John, used to say that living by faith is hard on your spouse. It's hard on her because it's hard on our normal life expectations and comforts. All this must be really put into the mix of understanding mountain-moving faith. It is a life of sacrifice, of surrender, deep refining, holiness, obedience, and challenges. You see, faith has to do with our moral, righteous standing with God. Thus, it has to do with a clear conscience and being honest and willing to live the will of God. He says, whatsoever you desire. And that's a principle lived within the boundaries of surrender and sacrifice and holiness. In the light of God's word, let me just say this. Don't have doubt in your heart about your actions, and you won't have doubt in your heart about God's intentions. Now, I want to really get to the heart of this. It's about your glorious identity. And I'm going to share with you something that it, it, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, 
incredibly impossible to really embrace, it seems like. Paul said these words in 2 Corinthians, When it shall turn to the Lord, meaning the heart of the life, the will, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. The veil was the wall that separated man from the glory of God's perfect presence. When he turns to the Lord, that veil is taken away. He says, now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. He says, but we all with an open face are beholding as in a glass or in a mirror, he says, the glory of the Lord. We are changed into the same image from glory to glory as we behold him, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Now, there's something that's absolutely incredible here. Could Paul have really known that when we look into the mirror of our souls and we see the glory of God, that we are seeing our true self in heaven? God has given us his glory, his life. His life is now our life. What he is, who he is, and the glory that is who he is has been given to us as our very identity. When you have an encounter with the glory and the presence of God, Paul says it's like looking into a mirror. It's like the Lord spoke to me one time and he said, when you are experiencing my presence, you are experiencing what your life is like. We're identified as his glorious beings, those whom he loves just as he loves his own son. How else could he give Jesus life for our life? Our righteousness is his righteousness. Our holiness is his holiness. We have been made the righteousness of God in Christ. Let that really sink in, because you see, when it comes to faith in anything, it's the conscience that gets in the way. And if we can have the conscience that Jesus has, faith will just soar. And the heart of that faith is believing that our identity is founded in the glory of God. So let it sink in. You are the righteousness of God if you're born again. I didn't say, look at your body, look at the memories of all your sins and failures, look at your temptations and weaknesses and selfishness, look at Jesus. That's you now in the Spirit. That's your life. To deny it is to deny Him. Let me say that again. To deny it is to deny Christ, the cross, and His love for you. You are His glory right now. Hasn't He made you a new creature? What do you think He made then, junk? He has substituted Himself for you, and He became sin for you. He suffered already for you. You've already died. Let me say that again as well. You don't have to fear your death because your death has already happened. When you leave your body, you won't die. Your life defeats death. It's not the other way around. Jesus was tortured, his body beaten bloody, and his flesh torn from his body until he died the death that you and I deserved. He already experienced your pain. Why would you think one more second about how bad you are? God has taken your sins, every single one of them, and he has destroyed their power. 
I'm going to leave you with these words that washed over me by the Spirit one day when I was drawing near to Him. He said, turn to me and you will find a new presence and don't ever let go again. Turn to me and stay with me and never allow yourself to get comfortable again. I will see to it that your faith becomes one that embraces my presence and gives you the liberty of conscience to enter my glory every day. I have given you the freedom to behold me and accept who I am as who you are. I have given you the liberty to put on my image because my life dwells in you. I have given you the rights of heaven as free men, so say you're free. As holy men, so say you are saints. As forgiven men, so say you have mercy. As completed men, so say you are whole men. Say who I say you are, because that is the life that I have reserved in heaven for you. Seek that life and put it on. When you see my glory by the eyes of your faith, you will see your own image, for I have given you my glory as your new identity. You have not come to find your fullness of life with all of your heart, because you have settled for seeing your life as men see it and as you see it. You have even become desperate to be more what the world thinks you should be, what you think you should be. But this has not driven you to change, because there is no hope in being what you think you should be. There is no power in lamenting you are missing the mark of a happy life in your own eyes. You have the freedom to think my thoughts of who I have already made you to be. It is much, much greater, more satisfying, and able to defeat every challenge that you could ever face on earth. Measure yourself by my glory. And though you will see how far you have fallen short of it, you will seek me until you no longer feel the heaviness of not measuring up. You thought too low of who you should be, and you never attained that. Think too high for the thoughts of men. Think too high for the thoughts of men to even conceive of just how much you are valued, loved, and given. And then seek me until you find it and you will not be disappointed or ashamed ever again. Devils will run from you. Temptation will lose its power over you. Men's words will not defeat you. Your own thoughts will not remain in despair. You will feel the power of the river of life from deep within, and it will revive you day after day from glory to glory until you know what to give to those who are hungry. You will never thirst again for joy, nor faint for loss of hope, nor fear for the darkness. You can unlock the presence of God in your life. There are revelation principles that remove the mountains, keeping us from joy, hope, peace, and purpose when our world gets turned upside down. Look for these words that work with Pastor Hardica as he shares what has helped him when life got hard. And don't forget to check out his book, The Fortress and the Firebrand, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Thanks for listening to Life Journeys. Find new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday. And if you're new to this series, it begins with the September 16th episode. Let me say it again. Stop trusting more in your failures as a sign of defeat 
then you trust in Jesus' success as a sign of your guaranteed victory. You see, Jesus gives us eternal life. The reason it's eternal is because it's indestructible. And that life is available to you now.